This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody welcome to another episode of the creators outlet please subscribe comment and share join us on youtube and anywhere you can find us just look for us on linktree and you can find us on every source of social dysentery media and we welcome our special guest today justin belmont of belmont press what's going on how you doing, how you doing well so tell me about you what's your background in uh storytelling and comics Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now um i started collecting comics when i was about 15 um it was the um 80s uh Around the same time, actually before that, I was collecting baseball cards. So what I would do is I would go to the comic book shop and buy my baseball cards. And um, then I would notice the comic books inside after a while. But I never bought, I didn't buy one at that point. I just, you know, just, you know, intrigued me. I just saw them, just walked by them. And I remember seeing uh, Joe Jusco cover 
when I was a kid. It was it was a Punisher uh, cover, and it was a Mike Barron comic actually. But I just remember the cover because the cover was uh, Punisher was on a snowmobile, and there was like guys skiing coming at him from behind, and they had Uzis shooting at him. I just remember that cover, and uh, so right there, that kind of like peaked, got my interest in comics. And then later on, I actually bought my first comic, which was uh, New Mutants '87, the first appearance of Cable. It it was a back issue, and it was stuck to like the to the window at some little boutique at the mall, and it was like seven bucks in the '80s. So I bought that book like as a back issue, and I believe that was my first comic book that I ever bought. But later on, I got into you know. Uh, some indie stuff like Concrete, Madman, uh, Cerebus, uh, what else? You know, everybody back then had their own book like they do now. It was kind of like a renaissance for, you know, the indie scene. Now now it's like back coming back like full circle. We got an indie scene that's back that's even bigger than it was, I think, in the 90s mm -hmm. when, whenever, when they formed Image and all that. So I grew up in that era, you know. People say that was the end of the comic book era or whatever in the 90s. But I, I think that was some good stuff. I think the storytelling was lacking, but the artwork was was right on. Yeah, it's uh, that's when uh, Jim Lee screwed everybody that came on Batman afterwards from uh, from his from his big run where he started drawing uh, the soles of Batman's boots. And now every artist has to draw the soles of Batman's boots. True story. Yeah. I never thought I never saw that coming. Him selling uh, Wildstorm to uh, DC, mm. I, I never saw that coming. Uh, that's crazy in itself. But there was, you know, everybody had their own book back then. He had Wildcats, and then there was, you, you know, Young Blood, and uh, all that image stuff. You know, Savage Dragon, Supreme, Mac, the Max. You know, all that stuff. I collected all that stuff, and then I got into Valiant Comics, is what I really liked because. They had good artwork, and then they also had the good story. So it was a perfect mix. Mm -hmm. Most of the image stuff, you know, was mainly like pinups and stuff, and double gatefold covers, and you know, spread gimmicks, two double page spreads. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of gimmicks. You know, but the artwork was cool, and uh, that's what I liked. So I bought it just because of the artwork when I was a kid. But later on, you know, I wanted a good story, so I actually got into. Uh, to the valiant stuff and i remember you know walking to the to the store to the comic book shop about two miles maybe you know on a nice summer day you walk to the comic shop and then you get your you get your uh, fix go in there bought some valiant titles uh barry winter smith i remember seeing him on the shelf mm -hmm. and i knew at a young age that he was a brilliant artist i knew there was something about him and he's still to this day he's my uh, favorite my favorite artist of all time um and then uh i guess i got out of comics for a little bit and i ended up moving from new york to denver when I, in 2000 in the year 2000 so i was a 22 year old kid moving on out on, on his own and then i kind of like didn't have time for the comics thing and stuff i was like more worrying about paying my rent mm -hmm. didn't have much money you know and then uh later on i started my own business for my brother and that went well, and then I was able to actually, uh, you know, do this comic book because I had the extra money. I, I I put it all I put all the money together, you know, and I paid everybody. So everything every everybody's paid off. 
and everything is completed. Not everybody can say that right now for their campaigns. Some people are 50% done, 30% done, you know, or people that are done that are not shipping. I, I'm going to try not, I'm going to try to avoid all those issues. I, I'm not perfect, but I'm going to try to get, you know, get these books to you guys by the end of August. That's what my campaign says. It says August 2022, and that's my goal. I mean, it's possible that you guys might get it in September, but I'm, I want to get these books to your hands in the summer. I think it's a good time to get a, um, you know, a good quality comic book in your hands. And uh, so I've been working hard on these books, man, uh, about three years of development. I mean, not constant three years because there was a lot of, you know, waiting on artists and stuff like that. But the total time, three years to co complete this, you know, make all the model sheets, design all the logos, buy your LLC, set up your bank account. Uh, design your campaign page, come up with origin stories for your characters, all, all that stuff, you know, and then you got a life going on. So you don't have like every hour of the day working on that stuff. So it's a lot of work, especially for one person. If you had a whole team, you know, you could probably get it done a lot quicker, but I just decided to do everything pretty much myself. But I can't draw though. I mean, I tried to be an artist when I was a kid and it didn't quite work out but i did create this character I, I sketched them out one day after getting high so around the same time that i that i <laughs> discovered comic books i discovered marijuana well and so around that, the same time that, that goes good with with sim's uh comment so and he's an hour behind us again. so it, it's 420 by him <laughs> yeah he lives in the in the country of weed yeah country of weed and uh and snow yeah, it's no. So this is your first campaign. Yep. You're at 123% of your fixed goal. 114 backers, only 34 hours left. Yep, this is my second 30 days too. So you've you've extended once. So uh, the first big question: Are you looking at uh? leaving the campaign up after it com completes in the, uh, you know, for the store. I'm, I'm probably going to go in demand if that's what you're asking. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I just um, know what it, I don't, I know what is a storefront. So. Yeah, this is my, this is my first time. It's actually two books. When you read both books, you're going to get the complete story. So there's a little bit, you know, you don't, a little bit unknown and when you read smokes and then later on when you read weaponized werewolf it makes a little bit more sense so i decided to do that because uh instead of doing one big book and waiting on my penciler to do one page at a time i decided to you know make weaponized werewolf as a companion book to expand upon the story and i can have a second artist draw that and then I thought it would be cool, you know, you can get two comic books written by Mike Barron. And I thought, you know, I maybe I'd hit a home run with that. It's a different, you know, it's a little bit different. And uh, I got a lot of quality talent, a lot of uh, vets, a lot of legends. I got Bob Layton, Don Perlin, uh, Gerhard. Um, Gerhard actually helped me create um, the redesign of Smokes. So I created Smokes when I was younger. If you scroll down, you can see how I drew them back then. Just a little bit down further out here. Yeah, a little bit further. Right there. So th that's how I used to draw them. Um, 
I wish I could find. I got to find another drawing that I drew of his whole head. But right here, he just has his eyes. But you can see his pipe back then is just a simple pipe like that, straight pipe with an X on it. And mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, the pipe needed some kind of design on it, but I didn't want it to be, you know, uh, like a elaborate design, something simple from far away you can see. So I just said, oh, I'm going to throw an X on there, Brand X Company or whatever made that pipe. And then uh, he smokes weed out of that pipe. So I came up with this whole background story where uh, the original story for Smokes was he was in a he was in a, a park one day or uh, and hanging out and there were some teenagers at this park and Smokes was just a regular fox just walking around and uh, these teenagers were at the park and it was after dark and you're not supposed to be at the park after dark so these cops roll up and say hey kids what the hell are you doing they were smoking pot out of that pipe and they threw the pipe behind the tree and then Smokes you know, later on, sniffed the pipe and he transformed into, uh, you know, um, a half human, half. That was the original story, like kind of like a turtle's ripoff. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid, that was my idea. But later on, I, I changed the story. So so how, how it goes now is I gave him a little bit of an upgrade. His pipe now um, has a, you know, has a fancier pipe, like a Sherlock Holmes type deal. I, I spent a lot of time with uh, Gerhard on that pipe. I really want him to have like a fancy pipe. And then I, I upgraded his outfit. I told Gerhard that I want him to have a nom outfit, a nom top. I'm a big fan of like, you know, like those movies, uh, those like Carolina Fourth of July, uh, Full Metal Jacket, Platoon, mm -hmm. stuff like that. I, I really like the uniform. I thought the World War II, you know, Saving Private Ryan, whatever. I like the uniform. Actually, Saving Private Ryan wasn't nom, was it? No. No, that was World War Two. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but I like the nom, the nom alpha, you know. And I thought because then I thought it looks cool with the rolled up sleeves. Yeah. Orig originally, he wore a wife beater and a, and a hoodie. So I thought he needed something different, you know, to stick out a little bit more. And originally, he didn't have any pants, like Winnie the Pooh. You know, he just wears a fucking top. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but when I was getting the cover drawn, Don Perlin would not draw my character without uh, pants on. He's like, you got to put pants on that thing. <laughs> and then I said, all right, all right. And then we compromised. We went with shorts. Then he came up with those shorts with a stripe on the side. So that, that's kind of how the redesign of the character went. And then I came up with a new uh, backstory for him. I was smoking weed one day, and I came up with a with an idea for a backstory. I can't tell you the complete idea, otherwise it'll like, kind of give away the whole story. But Smokes was a lab-created creature. Weaponized Werewolf is another lab-created creature. You can see them both right there. Uh, Smokes is the most intelligent. He's so intelligent, he's able to escape the facility that he's in. And they're in this facility that's underground on the New Mexico-Colorado border. If you're familiar with UFO lore, uh, it's called Dulce Base. It's also known as it. It's kind of like Area 51 underground. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Oh, yeah. So if you heard of that, you might have heard of Nightmare Alley or Nightmare uh, Row, whatever they call it, where supposedly there's aliens working and doing experiments on humans, stuff like that. And there's people that came out that said they worked there and there's crazy shit going on. And so I kind of took that lore so in 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 this place, I call it Project Minotaur. So 
Project Minotaur is my Dulce base, basically. It's located where Dulce base should be, or they say it is. And in this base, there's this alien known as Sapoy. Um, if you scroll down, you'll see Sapoy down a little bit further. But he's an alien gray, a typical alien gray, and he kind of runs the show at, uh, underground in this facility. And because of his technology, they're able to make – there he is right there. Because, because of the technology uh, that he has, they're able to create these uh, half – human half animal hybrids and they keep them locked up in cages and uh smokes and uh weaponized werewolf they're just staring at each other you know just hate each other's guts because that that werewolf doesn't have any personality he's just a he's just a killer there's no you know he doesn't laugh or joke around or anything like that he just kills whatever's in his path so what happens is smokes is a smart he, he gets privileges he gets a laptop he gets tv privileges Lots of he watches a lot of TV. He learns how to speak the language. He gets really he absorbs it really quickly because he's very intelligent. And then he's able to actually he gets into like shows like Sons of Anarchy and American Chopper. So mm -hmm. he kind of like he likes motorcycles and stuff like that. And then but he knows he wants to get free. He doesn't want to be in this cage locked up. So he's able to bypass um, the security on his uh, on his uh, gate that's that's holding him in his cell. And then he's able to escape. I'll tell you, I don't want to tell you exactly how he does it, but he gets out and he gets free. And then that guy right there, Colonel Mayberry, you see in that picture, he makes the worst mistake of his life. And he lets he makes the order saying, let let's let weaponized werewolf go and let's sick him on on smokes and, and have him eliminate him because smokes is now a uh, you know is is now going to, you know, expose the whole program. Yeah, he's and, a threat now. Yeah, but why would you let a werewolf go, a killing werewolf, to go <laughs> take care of your problem? Why don't you take care of your problem on your own? So that was kind of, a, you know, the worst mistake he's ever made of his life. So that's kind of how the, the story starts. And then Weaponized Werewolf is a, is a supplementary book where you read read it after smokes and when you read both books you'll get like the full picture of what's going on so some things are left out of smokes that'll make sense when you when you read the other book and that smokes in disguise no one knows you know he's a pot smoking fox you know hanging out by the bar he's just some dude with a big nose and, and a lot of facial hair it's hard it's hard it's hard to um hide that snout yeah and then uh this scene right here is after he escapes how uh, he runs into some campers some teenage stoners and they're camping out in colorado and uh he goes inside their tent after they fall asleep and he grabs their stash their wallet uh their lighter and then you can see he gets high for the first time right there <laughs> and then he, he gets so high that he sees purple pandas <laughs> Instead of big elephants, that's funny. Yeah. So there's a little bit of humor in there. Mike wanted those uh, those pandas in there, specified purple pandas. And then he gets hungry, of course. You can see in the last panel, he's holding his stomach. And then this is a later scene where he's at the bar. It's hard to see right there, but he's in that second panel on, in the bar with a hoodie on. With a oh yeah. And then these two rival gangs start going at it. And Mike wanted like one of the guys to be flying across the last panel like that. 
I thought it came out really nice, this page. Yeah. Uh, DC Alonzo did the colors for my uh, work, for my both of my books, the interiors. He just got hired from Mar by Marvel today. He just announced on uh, on Facebook that he got hired by Marvel. I don't know what he's going to be doing, but wow, he's, he's a real good talent. I had to wait, you know, a little bit to get him, but uh, it's probably the last more. indie project he'll be working on for a long time. No, I think he'll do some stuff for me, maybe here and there. He's gonna he's gonna do a pinup for me next week. Oh, cool. But yeah, as soon as he's gonna be so busy, I won't be able to get a hold of him. It's like, what? I'm coloring the hawk. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, this is poor, the poor guy if he has to work with Donnie Cates. Oh my god. <laughs> I think he already did. Oh. But he doesn't he doesn't have any grudge against anybody. He lives in uh uh Spain somewhere. He you know, he doesn't care about politics or anything like that. He just wants a yeah. color. He does. He does a really good guy. He does he everything on online wow. and uh, sends them in. That that's the Tim Vigil cover right there. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh yeah. I'm like, so, wow this this is a this is a bloody one. And then I then I saw Tim's name on a on a perk, and I'm like, oh man, he's got like everybody from the '90s working on his books. Yeah, I'm a '90s fan. I love Tim's work. I know I know he was gonna he draws a really good werewolf. And I was thinking, you know, besides Bernie Wrightson, you know, who else draws a really good werewolf? And that was uh uh two names came to mind. Kelly Jones, which I mm -hmm. know is really busy and would be a really oh, yeah. hard to get a hold of. I waited like over a year or two years actually for a commission from uh, Kelly Jones. That's how busy he is. But he gave me like the most amazing commission I've ever seen in my life. So it was well worth it. He's he's a great he's a great guy. And then the next person I came up with was uh, you know Tim Vigil, and I like his werewolves. I've seen him around. Like if you Google a werewolf Tim Vigil, you'll see some of his uh, stuff. And I and I thought he draws a really cool uh, werewolf. So I was like, hey, I got this project coming out. I messaged him on Facebook, and he liked the idea. And I told him that basically the werewolf is going to be killing this one guy, and it's going to have an eagle on the ground, and that's it. That's the only instructions I give him. So he came up with the blood and the guts coming out and all that. That's all him. Yeah, this 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 cover is screaming uh, Faust. <laughs> that was his. That was his huge, huge book back in the nineties. Was was Faust. And you're, you're familiar with Kyle Ritter, right? Uh, I know. I know the name. Yeah. Yeah, the guy who does the coloring on Cyberfrog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I knew I knew one day he was on Twitter and he, he posted that he's doing cover commissions for colors. And so I definitely hit him up on that because I just got this cover and I was like, hey, Kyle, would you color this? This is a Tim Vigil cover. And the story behind this cover is when it was black and white before I got colored, um, I sent it to Mike Barron, right? After I got it from Tim. Mm -hmm. And Mike Barron went and posted it on Facebook. I told him not to post it. And then the next day he goes and posts it. Then he sends me a message and he's like, hey, Justin. I'm like, what? Um, Shane Black wants to uh, wants wants to buy your comic book. And I was thinking, Shane Black? What the hell is he talking about? Then I realized he posted my thing up and uh, the director of Predator liked my comic book. Holy crap. The original Predator, you know what I mean? The good one. Yeah. He did the first two, I think. He, he was actually in the first movie as well as an actor. 
But anyway, I got like a big head, or not a big head, but I got like, you know, I got like gassed up because of that. It kind of made me feel good. I never put a comic book out. And then I got a comment from a movie uh, director that they were going to want to buy my comic book. That's but, awesome. But it took me so long to put out that comic book. I've been working on it since 2018 in November that, you know what I mean? I re- a lot of people just forgot about it because it took me so long to develop it. And that's why I didn't want Mike to post it online yet because it was too early. I wasn't ready. But this is uh, Barry McLean's art for Weaponized Werewolf. He's a rising artist. He just did a comic book called Billy the Kit. It's in mm-hmm. comic book shops right now. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's like a, a bunny rabbit western, spaghetti western. It's like a rabbit character, kind of like my character, but a rabbit. And he has uh, six shooters. It, it's a really popular comic book. It's with Justin Gray. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah, um, I know Justin, yeah. Yeah, so that that book is out right now. And I got him. I told him, I said, hey, I got this werewolf comic book. He's really big into horror. And since he's already working with Mike Barron, have you heard of Q-Ball? Mm-hmm. Q-Ball yeah. is another comic book Mike Barron's doing, and that's Barry McLean artwork. So Q-Ball is coming out later this year, I believe. So nice. I, he's actually my next-door neighbor. I found that out later on, too. So this artist is very close to me. Literally. Look at the art. Amazing stuff. It looks so good, dude. The colors. He did such a good job on those colors. So you get the Red Baron. You got got Lee Oaks. Yeah, Lee Oaks is a friend of Mike Baron. He lives out in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, You know Popeye's Chicken, the the chicken joint? Um, one time they had a comic book included in their kids' meals, I guess, and Mike Barron wrote an issue for that for that kids' meal, and they broke it up into four comics. Like they made them like four page comics, whatever, with different covers, mm-hmm. but one story when you get them all. And Mike Barron wrote the story, and Lee Oaks did the illustration. It was called High Roller, H I dash Roller, or so, or High Rollers, one one of those. High roller, yeah. I mean, and, I thought uh, it was kind of funny. I think Mike was trying to make it like a like a weed joke in there somewhere. For I don't know, I don't know if he came up with the name or not. But he told me, you know, this artist is really good. He'd be good for your book. So I originally hired Lee Oaks to do all my model sheets before I even started my comic. So anybody out there is, you know, starting a comic book, I recommend that after you get your script, you get it edited, and then once you get it edited, that you get your model sheets made. And I also recommend that you get those model sheets in color. I did them black and white. And I kind of skipped the color part, and I wish that I didn't. Oh, yeah. So, and then once you get these characters, you know, you can plop them in your world because you already got you got what they look like. You know what color jacket they wear or their uniform or whatever it is, their outfit. And you got everything mapped out. Then you can put these characters in your world, whatever world that is. My, my world is just the regular, you know, Earth, modern day. It's not some different far away universe and a galaxy far, far away or anything like that. It's just here. And as Rodney Ramos, like I said before, I was a big fan of Valiant. So I hired Rodney Ramos to do the inks and he's been inking for 30 something years. Yeah. He's very, very, yeah, he's good. Before they called him Ninja K. Is that what they call him now? 
That's what they call him now. Because it's supposed to be like a project now, not just one guy. Hi, Miss Reina. I didn't see her say that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he worked on Batman, Punisher, Punisher War Journal. So he worked He worked with uh, Red Baron quite a bit. And yeah, DC Alonzo, I got a bunch of his work over here because I've got all the uh, all the Star Trek books from IDW. So. He's a really nice guy. I was just talking to him the other day. And uh, uh, he, he worked with Chuck Dixon and Graham Nolan and yes, Rich, Rich Meyer on, on Expendables Go to Hell. Yeah, he work with anybody. Like I said, he doesn't care about politics or anything like that. He just wants the color, and I, I admire that. Yeah, uh, Kurt Hathaway that worked on Youngblood. Yeah, Kurt Hathaway is actually doing the letters for uh, Black Flag for Dan Fraga. Oh, nice. So Dan Fraga was hired by uh, – did you hear the story about Dan Fraga? I've heard lots of stories about Fred. Yeah, well, he was going to go into the military or whatever. I, I forgot which branch. It might have been the Navy. And then right before he signed up, uh, Rob Liefeld called him up and said, hey, you want to draw comics for me? I'm starting my own thing. And then later, shortly after they hired uh, him, they hired Kurt Hathaway later on. And Kurt Hathaway actually designed the Black Flag logo. And Kurt Hathaway designed Smoke's logo. And Kurt Hathaway designed the Weaponized Werewolf logo. And lots of stuff for Rob, for Rob Liefeld. I mean, most of his extreme uh, logos were created by Kurt. And then Kurt was an editor at Image for five years. And he wrote a couple issues of comics. Not too many, but just a couple here and there. So he's a good editor. So he edited Mike's script. He did a good job on it. You know, make sure everything makes sense. Everything, you know, there's no plot holes or anything. You got to make sure. You got to get somebody who has an outside of view of your book. You don't want somebody who's going to kiss your ass. You want someone oh, yeah. to tell you, hey, this fucking shit sucks or this needs to be changed. You need somebody to tell you the truth, not some bullshit. You know what I mean? You got to. I recommend you, an editor after oh, you get your script for sure. If, if you make I've seen books without editors. Oh, man. Even if you got Mike Barron, you get an editor. I don't care oh, yeah. who you got. You got Chuck Dixon. You get an editor. Editors are essential. And then after that, I recommend get the model sheets. And then, you know, um, find an artist that you want. An artist that will represent your characters or draw them how you want them drawn. And it's kind of getting difficult now because all the good artists are getting snatched up. Mm -hmm. and there's so many books coming out right now. There's not enough artists, I don't think, to even meet the amount of books that are coming. So if you could find a good artist, I mean, God bless you, because they're hard to come by now. Yeah, you should know. You got a bunch of them here. And... Yeah, I had to wait. I had to wait on them. And uh, see, Bob Layton, I know Bob Layton because I hung, um, I've hung out with him a few times at the shows. You know, I go up to his table and hang out at his table for a little bit. I'll see him in Vegas at the show. Then I saw him in Denver. And then I saw him in uh, a couple of different states, California. So I used to go to these, all these conventions and I would, you know, get like a commission from him, a headshot here or there. And then I would, I asked him one time, I said, Hey, I got a comic book I'm working on. Would you want to, you know, be a part of it? And he goes, you know what? Sure. Something small. And I said, all right. And then later on, when I got Don Perlin to pencil, I figured I can get, you know, Bob to ink it because he's worked with Don Perlin before. Oh yeah. And they both live in Florida. Both Florida men. 
And uh, so I just did that. So uh, when when uh, Don Perlin was done with the cover, he just mailed it to Bob, and then Bob did the inks. And uh, that's how I got the cover. So I was able to land two legends. Those guys are the creators of Bloodshot right there. Yeah. Uh, you get the creators of Bloodshot. You know, Don Perlin with Ghost Rider, Bob Layton with Iron Man. Uh, Gerhard working with Dave Sims on Cerebus, Tim Vigil, of course, uh, with Faust and many other horror books, Kyle Rigger on Cyberfrog, Zesis on, on Door Kickers, Peter Palmiotti, yeah, I know that guy, uh, for Retro, and Bruna Costa from uh, Snowfall, who I She's who I a really good know. talent, if you ever heard of her. She's really yeah. good. And, uh, yeah, so you get a you got quite a list there. No wonder why it took you three years in development. Yeah, this was the this right here was the metal trading card that I was giving um, to the first ninety physical backers. Mm -hmm. But since I'm already past that, they're all sold out. But I'm going to include that image right there inside, probably weaponized werewolf in the book, so you can see it. But that was the card right there. That was the card. We don't want to we don't want to focus too much on that because no, if you haven't out. got it now. Yeah, they're, they're sold gonna... out. I don't want to tease everybody out there. They're sold out. Uh, we got signed original art. Yeah, I still got some pages left. So someone wanted the first appearance of Weaponized Werewolf. It would it would be the first appearance. Like this page right here it has the first appearance of Mayberry. You got the first appearance of Weaponized Werewolf. You got the first appearance of Sepoy. And, you know, you got right here you got sketch cards, 25 hours of pop. And you're going to get a random card. So it's either going to be Lee Oaks or Barry McLean. And those are the interior artists. So, And they did a good job on those. And if you're a motorcycle man, you can get the Smokes Plate. It's a, it's a really strong aluminum. And it's got the holes in it. You can actually – someone said they're going to buy one. They're going to uh, mount it on the back of their motorcycle and take a picture of it and send it to Mike. <laughs> so Mike's really big with motorcycles, and that's why there's – and that's why another reason why we got Don Perlin. He 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 did gross, you know, Ghost Rider, mm -hmm. and Mike actually put the werewolf in the story because I told him that Don Perlin was going to be drawing the cover, so he wrote that character in. And plus, uh, Smokes needed an enemy, you know, a nemesis or whatever. So, I, but he just get he just gave me a description though, werewolf like a Bernie Wrightson werewolf. And that was the only description he gave. And one night I just came up with the name Weaponized Werewolf. I thought it sounded cool. I know it's kind of long. The word weaponized is a little bit of a long word, but I thought it sounded cool together. So I kept it. And then uh, this, this right here. Wait, what? The neck gator with the uh, wraparound art. Yeah, that's the Gerhard cover. It's basically just the full cover without the uh, logo. I cut a little bit of the cover on the top. There's some bats that got cut off because that didn't look right with those bats up there. So mm -hmm. it's basically like 95% of the cover, I guess you can say. Um, but it, So it's basically a print. So if you didn't want to wear this on your face, I know not everybody's going to want to walk, or go to fucking Walmart wearing a pot smoking fox on their face. But if you want to keep it as like a, uh, you know, a collectible, it's like a cloth print of the cover. So it's pretty cool. Bottle opener. Who doesn't need a bottle opener? Yeah. See. Oh yeah. Let's blow you up there. 
Nice. Yeah. It smokes taking a leak behind a tree. Yeah. <laughs> Someone told me it was the first peeing cover. It might be. I had an idea where I was going to make the piss glow in the dark. Would you buy that? You know how many people would want that cover? <laughs> <laughs> My wife said no. <laughs> well, that's the end of that. That's just an idea. But this right here is a double-sided uh, Gerhard bottle opener. And I, I sent that to Gerhard as a gift, and it cost me almost 15 bucks to ship to Canada. And that's why I decided not to ship to Canada or Mexico or UK or Australia or anywhere like that. Yeah. Until I get my enough factors to offset the cost, I'm going to have to stay, you know, domestic shipping right now. But I do have a uh, digital tier. So if anybody, you know, down under or across the pond wanted to get something. Yeah. The, the digital tier is called the Australian tier. Yeah, the Australian tier. Be because it costs 20 bucks to ship one book to Australia. So. And I don't want to do that to everybody and charge them and say $30 shipping costs more to ship it than the damn book costs. Yeah, usually that's the cutoff rate yes. uh, for people overseas. If if the shipping costs more than the, than the actual book, then uh, a lot of people are out. And they're saddened by that because they want the actual physical copy. But uh, oh, you scroll on a little bit? Yeah. The, these are the mm -hmm. first stretch goals. So what happened is we just hit 6K a little while ago. And so we unlocked the smoke sticker by 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then at 7K, we get that beautiful weaponized wearable sticker. You scroll down a little bit more, there's like two more stickers I wanted to get to. So I got four made by 6 a.m. And you can see his take on the characters. I thought he did a pretty cool job, you know? Oh, yeah. That's that's that guy right there with the shotgun and the glasses. Yeah. That's uh, Colonel Mayberry without his uh, military uniform on. This guy right here is uh, John Bauer. I don't want to tell you too much about John Bauer, but he is important. Has important part in the story. You will see him from page one on when you read Smokes, and you can see you can get a hint about his personality, or whatever. You can see that he's an outdoorsman, and he's also either a cop or a former cop. I just read that last one. I thought it was funny. The Baron Belmont smoke up live. Yeah. Somebody hurry up and buy all the original art. We might get there. Can you back 10 times over so I can get there? Yeah. And it was like, you know, put it in tip for like 30K because we want to. I didn't know how it was going to go. So I put all these, mm -hmm. I put all these stretch goals. I didn't know if I was going to, you know, fund or I was going to hit 50 grand. I really did not know how this was going to go, man. So I think I did all right for my first time. You know, I, I didn't spend any money on marketing. I didn't get keywords on Facebook or anything like that. My marketing is me in front of this uh, $35 camera that I bought on eBay. That's my marketing. It's been working. So. So you have a, your, your featured tier is an epic bundle. It's 19% off right now. So it's only 125 uh, there's only six of them left. Yeah, this is if you want everything. So if you want the, the license plate that I showed you, and the license plate is cool. If you don't want to, I know not everybody's going to want to put it on their motorcycle or whatever, but 
If you want to slap it on your refrigerator, it comes with uh, mountable magnets. It, like you just stick, you peel the sticker and you slap it on the back so you can make it into a big magnet. Mm -hmm. It's it's four by seven. So if, if you got went to the DMV and got a um you know a, a license plate for your motorcycle, it's the same size. So or you can just keep it as a collectible and not use the magnets and just put it in like a backing board and whatever in a bag in a board and just put it in your long box or whatever. Yeah. And then you get the uh, bottle opener and you get the neck gator and you get the um, mystery gift. And those are really, 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 really rare, even rarer than the 90 metal cards that I had made. So I try to keep everything really rare in the future. You know, who knows? It might be worth something, you know, if this, this goes big and but uh you also get uh the sketch card you'll get a random sketch card like i was showing you earlier and then also you get all three all three covers and they're all signed awesome so i'm gonna sign all three of them and then mike baron's gonna sign all three of them and then the the um the artist barry mclean and lee oaks are all gonna sign them i wasn't gonna add this tier at first but since all my uh all my guys are in Colorado. I can get it done. You know what I mean? Nice. Otherwise, I don't recommend you do it because you got to mail off comics to somebody. Then they're going to have to sign them and mail them back to you. Then you got to mail them out to somebody else again. Chances are they're not going to stay mint. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That's a lot of movement. But I can just go next door and get the signatures for Weaponized Werewolf. <laughs> so The Australian might, variant. Yeah, that's my Australian tier right there. Twelve bucks. I don't know what how much it is in uh, AU dollars or whatever it's called. Angaroo. What's it, what's Bancroft call it? Bogan bucks. I don't know. Dingaroos or something. I forgot what the hell he calls it. Dingaroos. Uh, they might. It might actually be worth more than the U.S. dollar currently. So it, it probably every dollar is worth more than ours. Yeah, except for Venezuela. <laughs> Venezuela. I try to make it pretty simple. So the first tier is you want the main cover and you get weaponized werewolf. And then that's legendary pack A. And I have the option to sign them. Someone told me that I should give the option to sign them and it's no extra cost. So if you want both these books right here signed, so it gives you a little bit of extra value. And if you don't want them signed, no big deal. And that's B, legendary pack B. If you want the peeing cover, it, it would have been more attractive with the with the glow in the dark stream, but you know your I wife said no, that. so that's. I'll make the limit. I'll make a limited edition one when she's asleep. <laughs> a little little glow in the dark paint on the cover will be. I, I don't know how would that go. Would actually someone buy a glow in the dark piss cover? Would that be a top seller? There's such a huge speculator market. Anything that's a gimmick on a cover, like in the '90s usually sells well yeah if you don't know which cover you want you can get both covers here and then you get weaponized werewolf as well for 40 bucks and i'll sign those two if you want so it's a drop down if you want me to sign it or not for each book yeah and all three covers signed is 65 yeah that's signed nine autographs total oh oh that's everybody signing them. yeah so mike baron you're gonna get three signatures from mike on each book one on each book so and then I'll sign all book, all three, and then the interior artist. So it's a pretty good deal. It's ten dollars shipping, so it's seventy five dollars even. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
and then I have a bulk retailer tier, but no no one's uh, bought one yet. But I haven't really marketed it. I didn't really know what to do with it. Um, it might have too high of a price. I don't know. Um, it's no. kind of weird with my book. My book it's, is two books in one. Yeah, so that's kind of weird. That's 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 right on. That's right on par. Yeah, because you you're giving them you're giving them uh, ten, smoke, ten, ten smokes. You're doing five sets. Yeah, five sets, and they get to pick what smokes covers they want. So if they want five of the same cover, like the peeing cover, they can get all five. If they want to get three of them, they can get three. So you, they can get mix and match their smokes covers, and then they'll get five copies of Weaponized Werewolf. I couldn't think of any other way to do it. It's weird because I got two comics, you know, so it's a little bit different. And then I got the original art tiers. So there's five of these available. Are these uh, specific pages that you guys picked out, or are you? Is it just kind of like a random thing? Um, the artists kept some of their pages, and I have, but I have a good selection of them. Okay. Or I have really good a uh, picture, uh, good pages. What's going to happen is, after I go into fulfillment, it, this guy here that back is going to see all the images that I have. Because I don't want to show them now, because then they can like get, you know, they can get out there and kind of like you know spoil my book or whatever spoilers mm -hmm. so i'll show them during fulfillment and i'll say which page do you want this is what i have and then he'll get first pick and then if somebody out there right now wanted the back smokes page you're going to get second pick and if you scroll down you got the weaponized werewolf page and someone bought one of those so that guy is going to get first pick but the weaponized werewolf page is a little bit different than the smokes pages because they were done non-traditionally. So the penciler did the pencils on a board, right? Like normal. Mm -hmm. But instead of inking on that original board, the uh, the inker was sent the file and he blue lined it on another board. So you get two pieces of matching artwork for the same page. Like oh, you see wow. that see that see that picture right there? You can see the pencils on the left and the inks on the right. Yeah. So that you'll get that pair and they're both signed. And there's no shipping on these art tiers. So and it's that, that's a two for one deal right there. So it's $10 more than the smokes pages, but yeah, you know, you just get the same page, but the pencils and the inks. Yeah. You get one, you get, you get the pencils and then you get the inks on a separate page. Yes. So you pay, you're paying $75 a page instead of 150. Look at it that way. Yeah. You can look at it that way. And then Mike Barron signed all these uh, pages. And then I added this new one right here. I just added this, uh, yesterday i believe yeah yesterday um it's a tim vigil uh cover prelims that cover you were just talking about with the guts ripped out of that mm -hmm. four hunter um so it's two prelims they're eight and a half by 11 on art paper and one of them is mostly just pencils on the left and then the other one is uh inks and they're both signed by tim vigil and I wanted to sell them as a pair because I think they should be together and not broken up. Mm -hmm. I, I do own the original art for the cover, so I was, I'm willing to let the prelims go. I think there's some Tim Vigil uh, collector out there that might, you know, that might want these. And you know, how are you going to argue with a price uh, that says four twenty? So two hundred and ten dollars a piece, no shipping. It's not bad actually for for a cover prelim, and the, you know how much a cover costs nowadays—like a thousand bucks. Yeah, so these yeah, prelims are more. 
Yeah, <clears throat> these prelims, I mean, thousand bucks for like, you know, a lower end artist. If you're going for like a top tier, you can pay up to 10, 20 grand for a cover. Mm -hmm. It depends how hot, hot the artist is right now in the, uh, <clears throat> in the market. So, yeah, so it's the prelim to this one. Someone out there, I think, is going to want it. Someone might make a you know a couple dollars on it in the future, but I need to I need to get rid of it because I need to you know raise money for a script to start my next book. I was hanging out with Mike uh, last weekend. There was a there was a show. It was called the uh, Wicked West Comic Expo. Oh yeah, and it's right in Mike Barron's backyard in Colorado. So I just went there and spent the weekend at his table, and uh, we talked about it and uh but we haven't started the script yet we're just brainstorming right now but i want to raise some more money i'm hoping to like hit like 7500 is my new goal for this campaign mm -hmm. and i think i can get there you know in another month or so we'll see but i want to unlock at least the weaponized werewolf uh sticker at 7k yeah so, so you get both i mean i thought look at this comic man it's beautiful Look at those colors. Yeah, it's just sick. It's lots of top name talent all over both these books. So I did the best I could. I asked other artists, and I, you know, I got turned down. I didn't get everybody I wanted. I, I've asked a few other artists, and it, it's not the easiest sell, you know, coming out of the blue and saying, "Hey, I got a box that rides, you know, motorcycles and smokes pot. You want to draw my cover?" It's <laughs> It depends, you know, then I, when I showed, you got to have like the humor in you. You got to be, you can't be that serious. You know, a serious artist will tell you to get the hell out of here, kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here's just some uh, panels from uh, the interiors. Very nice. So there's only there's only like a day and a half left on this. Yeah, there's only hours left. I think less than forty hours now. Yeah, thirty three hours left. So, oh, yeah. there's, the, there's the eagle that ends up dead on on Tim Vigil's cover. Yeah, he was poaching in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> so you guys still have time to get on in on this. Uh, it's Justin's first book, and he's kicking some major ass for, you know, your first book being, you know, you're already up to like 6K, so. Yeah, it's been, I've been hustling, man. I've been doing like shows every day, six days a week. Um, I got four streams set up today. I'm going to do one in a half hour, and then I'm going to do, you know, two more tonight. So you just got to keep, you got to keep at it. You got to just get get as get on many shows as you can you got to promote 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 and that's what you got to do you got to live breathe comics you got to love them oh for and sure. you need a lot of money <laughs> need a lot of back you need a lot of backers to believe in your vision and people got to like you i guess too it's a lot of it's, you got to sell yourself too you're not just selling this comic book you know yeah it's it's a it's a it's a tricky slope, but when you get a when you get a solid uh, you know piece of work like you have here, uh, it, it, the book kind of sells itself. And you know you're a nice guy. You get you get your uh, nice green screen in the in the back with your characters going. 
I always try to look professional or, you know, try to, you know, do the best you can. I mean, I got this green screen for like 60 bucks on Amazon. You know, it wasn't that big of a, um, with, with the camera and the green screen, it was like less than a hundred dollars. So it's not, it doesn't cost a fortune to, you know, to look professional. You know what I mean? I think it's cool to have a good, you know, something cool in the background or whatever. I was kind of jealous of everybody else's background. So I, that's why I got the green screen, but. Everybody's like, oh, you're in a comic book warehouse. I go, no, <laughs> I'm in my apartment. In a yeah, but some people, yeah, like, you got cool stuff in the back. I got an exercise bike in the back. No one wants to see that. You know, I got a stripper pole behind me, but I got no stripper on it. <laughs> my girlfriend says I can't take him home from work no more. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to wish I want to wish you, uh, you know, all the best of luck. I know you got to get going. So you got to prep for another show. Uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to wrap this and we will uh we, i will download uh the audio and the video and i'll pop this up onto my uh onto my spotify platform as well so you can you'll be able to download this or listen to it anywhere you get oh, a cool. podcast so uh, cool. we want to thank you for coming on and definitely come back and, and and see us again uh hit me up and and let me know how uh you know dm me and let me know how it 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 wrapped up in the next, you know, over the weekend and uh, see what goes for the next. I'm excited to see, hopefully, that it, that you uh, make that 7K so you have two 6 a.m. Uh, stickers to give out to uh, all the backers. I have a couple backers that are, like, on hold that the, there's something wrong with the processing. So it's I got a little bit of higher total than it's showing. So I think mm -hmm. I could be able to get the 7K. Oh, yeah. I, I've... I've experienced that with Indiegogo with certain creators and even on, on Kickstarter. And I usually just, I've, I've contacted the creator and be like, look, I want to back this and I want this, this, and this, but it's not letting my, my card go through. And, you know, usually I work something out. I go, give me the total with shipping and everything and I'll PayPal you the money right now. And I usually, you know, there's a lot of people that end up, you know, Doing that, you know, that way uh, they can't take a cut. And, I was uh, doing that for people in Canada. There's a couple people in Canada. I feel bad that I can't get them to them because they're right there. And I was thinking maybe we can do exact shipping mm -hmm. if they want to. So I don't lose any money and I don't make any money. It's just whatever it is cost plus whatever my comic costs. And then they pay me that like by PayPal outside of, uh, you know, um, Indiegogo. Yeah. It's, you know, it's a tricky slope with international stuff, but uh, there's a lot of people working on workarounds for it because everybody wants comics. So, yeah, I feel bad. You know, I want to get I know everybody wants a physical comic, digital comics. OK, if you're like traveling or on a plane, you know, or something like that and a car ride and, you know, you can read a comic book and you don't want to you know lag around real comic books with you. You can just have it on your phone. But. Other than that, you know, it's a collector's market. It's a collector's uh, collector's industry or whatever. And, you know, everybody wants the actual. It's not the same without having it in your hands. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. And uh, so I'm going to thank you once again for coming on, Justin. Uh, good luck. And uh, we'll definitely be in touch. And uh, this, this project looks amazing, dude. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And, uh, yeah, I'll keep you updated. Awesome. We'll catch everybody next time on Creators Outlet.